Welcome to Radio Drama Revival, the show dedicated to stories told through the medium of sound, showcasing the diversity and vitality of modern audio theater. You'll hear news, reviews, discussion, and of course, stories. I am your host, Fred, and that great theme music is by Roger Gregg of Crazy Dog Audio Theater. And uh, we're continuing our second week of the classic Alexander Dumas story, The Count of Monte Cristo. Um, this is the story of revenge and forgiveness and bad things happening to good people and good things happening to bad people and all that madness. Uh, it has been brought to life by the Lifehouse Theater, Lifehouse Theater, Theater ER, and available online at theateronthear.com. Um, they've done a number of stories ranging from uh, biblical stories to uh, slave tales to uh, folk tales and more. A um, bunch of great productions. Um, most, yeah, I would say family-friendly type material, um, really trying to uh, take some of the stuff and glamorizing it with really rich production value. So this is one of their offerings, Count of Monte Cristo. We featured the first half last week where our protagonist, poor Edmund, uh, being imprisoned for a letter he was carrying for his dead sea captain and um, his wife, Mercedes, stolen from him by his greatest friend. Terrible. Terrible. He spent many years in uh, imprisoned in a uh, windowless cell till he met his kind of guru dude who helped him learn how to read, learn how to fight. Uh, gave him a treasure map and helped him get out of there. So all told, pretty good move for Edmund there. And uh, now he has escaped. He's hung around with some smugglers, and now he's finally got this guy to help him out. Um, they're going to go see if they can find this treasure and uh, enact revenge. Uh, before that, we do have Captain Radio. Captain Radio's got another review for us coming right up. Um, Captain Radio, bring it on. Greetings, audio nods. Captain Radio here with a review of Heart Life NFP's speculative sci-fi series, Our Fair City, made possible by Rode Microphones. Passionate, unique audio transforms our world. You start with Rode. Visit RodeMic.com. That's R-O-D-E-M-I-C.com. If you're following the intricately and carefully plotted storyline of Fred Greenhalgh's Nine Prophetic, The Cleansed, eventually you might wonder what the future holds. Our Fair City represents one very bleak possibility. We take you to a place where the wind doesn't just howl, it screams. On a friendless plane like this, you don't try to calculate your chances of survival. You have none. That screaming wind careens maliciously across the vast tundra and breaks, finally, against the side of a monolithic structure. This is the Heartlife headquarters to Nathan Rourke, lying at the base of the structure. It whispers death. The tower of this post-apocalyptic society belongs to Uber Corporation Heartlife, which controls all power, wealth, and benefits, thus reducing all humans, as well as genetically modified inhumans, such as the moles who dig and maintain the subsurface tunnels and cave homes, to the status of policies. Nathan Rourke, a youth having passed most tests needed to become a prosperous policy, yet denied a job for his dangerous opinions, naturally grows more disenchanted with this scenario. His mother, Elizabeth, voiced by Tara Scheel, a corporate surveillance camera operator, warns Nathan, voiced by series co-creator Clayton Fates not to associate with persons who barely hide their contempt for the system. I know you're mad at the whole corporation and I know you want to change the world, but please hear me when I tell you that I felt that way when I was your age too. Your father felt that way. I can't let you end up like him. I won't, Mom. I promise. You need heart life. A lot more than heart life needs you. Life will be a whole lot easier if you just accept that and play by their rules. 
Eventually, Nathan befriends embittered human waste processing farmhand Neil Henderson, voiced by Nathan Sowell. Neil finds a containment tube filled with something dangerous and valuable. Hoping to gain a better life for himself and his prostitute girlfriend, he markets the contents to mysteriously omniscient Dr. Caligari, voiced by Martine Moore. After Neil and Nathan discover the prostitute's cave ransack, they finally track her to a room on the 100th floor of the Heart Life Tower, where they confront insidious corporate enforcer George Chamberlain. The corporate thug manages to toss Neil and his love out the window before turning to confront Nathan and his mother, who helped to track the two down. You're not taking my son. Please be reasonable, Mrs. Rourke. I know what you do. I know who you work for. And I know what happens to people when you make them disappear. You're not taking my son. Nathan. Mom. Does any of this sound familiar? Series co-creator director Jeffrey Gardner maneuvers his characters like chessmen through sound engineer Ryan Shields' eerie, echoing soundscapes spiked with dramatic stabs. Narrator Ansel Birch occupies perhaps a bit much of the stage, making the series seem more like a dramatic audiobook than audio drama. Yet, in the end, this futuristic but decadent corporate fascist society resembles a mere perverted extension of our own, suggesting that we urgently should check our present heading for needed corrections. Enjoy intriguing speculative sci-fi by listening to Heart Life's Our Fair City episodes at ourfaircity.com. Look for new episodes released weekly on Wednesday. Until next time, Audionauts, this is Captain Radio signing off. All right, thank you, Captain Radio, captainradio.com. Um, of course, submit your work, uh, radiodramarevival.com. Hit up the submit link. Uh, love to hear what you've been up to. And um, yeah, we'd love new audio drama, all kinds of interesting stuff. We do our best to feature it in review. If we don't get it on the show, coming right up. Um, we do book the show almost a year in advance. So it takes a little time, but uh, we get to reviews more expediently. So appreciate that and hope you keep up your love of audio um, for this holiday season and beyond. Um, the gift that you can give to Radio Drama Revival is to tell a friend uh, to sh- you know, perhaps they've gotten their new Apple device, pull up their iTunes and type in Radio Drama Revival, get them subscribing to this show, um, or get them subscribing to this show, or on Android, hey, we have a new app. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's a little experimental. I'm not sure it's totally native yet, but you can check out RadioDramaRevival.com to download it. So we are moving to make it mobile, to make it easily accessible for these shows for you. And, um, yeah, if you can get some of your friends to listen to this show, that is the best gift you can give on. Um, short of cash, we can also send using the RadioDramaRevival.com website. All right, on to our feature story, The Count of Monte Cristo, Part 2. Where exactly are we going, Monsieur Dantes? Look at this, Jacopo. That looks like a treasure map. For one year, I have patiently awaited this moment. Now I begin my revenge. Against who? Those who stole my life from me. And the map? There is the island, straight ahead. We will see what secrets it holds.
Never before have I imagined the treasure. Monsieur, you're the richest man I have ever known. What will you do now? I will exact my vengeance. I will root out the enemies of my past, uncover their darkest secrets, and bring them to light. I will exploit Danglar's insatiable greed and turn it against him. I will use Villefort's love of power as a weapon to bring him low, powerless, and sniveling. And Fernand, I will make him beg for death. But death won't come. I will crush his life into pieces like clay in my hand and let the wind carry it away. How are you going to do all that? I will become a count. The Count of Monte Cristo. Father, when we get home, you promise to tell me a bedtime story? I promise. Just hurry, it's already late. Give me the gun, Donglar. You're shaking like a leaf. Take it, Fernand. I'm not shooting anyone, remember? I remember. Father, who are those men? Shh, be very quiet, Haiti. I don't think these men see us. We need to move very quickly. No, hide. Here. Long live Napoleon! The true ruler of France! Your son does not share that opinion, Monsieur Noitier. Well, he's always been... Who are you? The last person you will ever see. Why? Ask your son, Gerard de Villefort. What was that? Donglore, you coward, was that you? No, someone else is here, Fernand. Haiti, when I tell you, I want you to run. Do you understand? Yes, Papa. You, over there, come out from there. Now, Haiti, go! Fernand uh. Montego, you shot him. Who is he? No witnesses, right, Danglar? Catch the little girl, quick! She is gone, Fernand, and I'm not going to be responsible for the life of a child. Fine. No one would believe her anyway. 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 Haiti? Are you alright? Fifteen years and still the same dreadful nightmare? When will it ever end? Hush now. Don't cry. Hush. Hush, Jacopo. Remember, my name is not Edmond Dantes. I am the Count of Monte Cristo. Wait by the boat. I must pay a visit to an old friend. Yes, Monsieur Dantes. I mean, Count. Two nightmares began 15 years ago. The first is relived by a young woman each night. The second ended with a desperate escape from a heinous prison, the Chateau d'If. Edmond Dantes is free after 14 years of imprisonment, yet thoughts of revenge still hold his mind captive. Following Abe Faria's treasure map, he has discovered an almost limitless fortune. Determined to pursue his betrayers, Edmund has donned a new identity as a mysterious Count. Edmund's first mission as the Count is to pay a visit to his former employer, Monsieur Morel, so he may learn what has transpired among those who have plotted against him in the intervening years. Lifehouse Theater on the Air presents The Count of Monte Cristo, Part 2
Good afternoon. I'm looking for Monsieur Morel. Come in. But I was not expecting anyone. No. I'm a friend of Edmond Dantes. Edmond Dantes? I have not heard that name since... Well, since Edmond was executed 15 years ago. Executed? <clears throat> yes, that is why I am here. Before Edmond was executed, he left a small inheritance. He asked me to split it among his friends. There was a man named... Danglar? Aye. Danglar married a baroness. He is in charge of a bank in Paris now. And Fernand Mondego? Count Mondego also lives in Paris. Count? Aye. He bought the title with his enormous fortune after his service in the war. There was another, the chief prosecutor for Edmond's case. Do you know his name? Gerard de Villefort. I believe he also moved to Paris. He became a judge there shortly after his father was killed. Monsieur, you have been extremely helpful. Thank you. Oh, one more thing. Can you tell me where Edmond's fiancée is living? Mercedes? She married Fernand 14 years ago. Mercedes? Married Fernand? Aye. She has kept in touch with me. She sends letters every few months. Ah, here it is. The envelope from Mercedes' last letter. Perhaps the address will be useful to you? Yes. This is her handwriting? Of course. She just wrote to me last week. Her son is in Rome celebrating his 14th birthday. Her son? She and Fernand have a son? Aye. Albert Mondego. Thank you. And I am sure Edmond thanks you as well, wherever he may be. Here is your share of the inheritance. Good day, Monsieur Morel. What? But this doesn't make any sense. This is a diamond. Where did you get this? Did Edmond really give this to you? Franz, Rome has never looked so bright. Franz, where are you? I must have run too far ahead. Looking for someone, Albert Mondego? Yes. How do you know my name? I know a great deal more than that. Like what you are worth. Let me go! Careful, gentlemen. That boy's flesh is worth a hefty ransom. His parents will pay well for his hide. Here, tie this blindfold on him tight. Let the boy go. Come a step closer and I'll slit his throat. Who are you? I am the Count of Monte Cristo. I demand you free the boy, or I will purchase his freedom with your blood. <laughs> Perhaps I will add your purse to my spoils of the day. Let's see how you defend against all five of us, braggart. I surrender. Who did you say you were? The Count of Monte Cristo. You have slain all my men. I beg your mercy, signore. Sympathy is one quality I do not possess. Are you hurt, young man? Here, let me remove that blindfold. Monsieur, I, I don't know what to say. Thank you. I had planned to leave for France a day early, but now I am glad I did not. France? If you are near Paris, monsieur, you must visit me and my parents. They want to thank you in person for saving my life. I would be honored to meet your parents. You are... Albert Mondego. My father is Count Fernand Mondego. May I offer you my carriage? Give my driver your parents' address, and I will send word when I shall be in Paris. 
You will not ride with me, Monsieur? I should inform the authorities of what transpired here tonight. Go ahead, Albert. I would trust my driver, Jacopo, with my life. Luigi, are you hurt? <laughs> no, my friend! Help me up! Everyone up! Come on, you cowardly dogs! Back to life! <laughs> the ruse worked! Yes. Thank you, Monsieur Vampa. Here is the money we agreed on for a farce well played. <laughs> Let me know if you want us to kidnap anyone else, Dantes. The Count of Monte Cristo. <laughs> Finally, you have arrived. Everyone is waiting for the guest of honor. Father! Mother! Calm down, Albert. No need to shout. Father, I have the honor of presenting to you the Count of Monte Cristo. Welcome, monsieur. I am eternally grateful for the service you have rendered my son. Pardon me if I don't take your hand. I seem to have injured it to some degree in the fight. You suffer still for my son's sake? Monsieur, how will I ever express my gratitude? Ah, Mercedes, there you are. Why are you standing so far off? Come and meet the man who saved your son. Are you ill, mother? No, I am just overcome by emotion on seeing the man who allowed my son to return safely to me. From the bottom of my heart, I bless you, monsieur. You are too generous. Saving your son was only a simple deed of humanity. Anyone would have done the same in my place. Do not weigh yourself short. I think it is very fortunate for my son that he found such a friend. Very fortunate. Please, if I may introduce you, Count, to some of our friends. This is Baron Dunglar. Baron Dunglar and I have already met. Yesterday I invested some money in his bank. Some, monsieur? Six million francs is quite a large amount. Six million francs is a trifling amount. Why, I carry that much with me in my pocketbook. Oh, no offense to you, Baron, nor your bank. Oh, no, of course not. I am entirely at your service. May I cut in? I've been anxious to meet the man who takes justice into his own hands so easily. Count, this is Gerard de Villefort, the chief magistrate of Paris and the king's attorney. Justice takes many forms, Monsieur de Villefort. <laughs> Truly, it does indeed. Come, a toast to the Count of Monte Cristo, savior of Albert, protector of the innocent, and avenging angel. Avenging angel? You have no idea. In need of some fresh air, Count. Excuse me, Countess Mondego. I did not realize anyone was out here. No, please, sit. It's stifling indoors. Tell me about yourself. You would not be interested. No. On the contrary. The letter you sent Albert piqued my interest considerably. You are a unique man, Count of Monte Cristo. Is it true you have seen much, traveled far... And suffered deeply. I have suffered deeply, Countess. But I did not write that in my letter. Perhaps I was thinking of someone else. You are alone? Unmarried? No father, no sister, no son? I have no one. I loved a young girl once, but war came and carried me away. I thought she would wait for me, but when I returned, she had married another. And you love her still? This young girl. Did you ever see her again? Never. Did you forgive her? Madame, it is too cold out here. You do not even have a shawl. Let us go inside. You are not completely alone, Count. 
God is with you. Countess. You, O oh God, tested us. You refined us like silver. You brought us into prison and laid burdens on our backs. You let men ride over our heads. We went through fire and water, but you brought us to a place of abundance. What an obscure piece of scripture to memorize. I have memorized many scriptures since I lost the one I loved. Monsieur Count! Uh, Monsieur Count! Yes, Jacopo? The matter we were discussing, I have the information you wanted. I'm afraid business calls me away. Thank you for your generous hospitality, Countess. May God continue to be with you, Count of Monte Cristo. Are all the pawns positioned? What? Oh, yes, Monsieur Count. The plan is being carried out as we speak. Tonight, I begin my revenge. With Don Glock. Leaving so early, Danglar? Give my best to the Count of Monte Cristo, wherever he snuck off to. Of course. Adieu, Fernand. Let's go home. Wait, you're not my driver. What have you done with him? Who are all of you? What are you doing? I will not be forced into my own carriage. Someone help! Help! can't keep me in a cage like some animal. I demand to know what is going on. Don't you know? If you were bandits, you would have taken my money. That is logical, monsieur. Why am I here? How should I know? I am just your caretaker, Luigi. Of course, that is not my real name. Caretaker? Yes, monsieur. Are you hungry? Starving. What would you like to eat? What I wouldn't give for a chicken leg. Excellent choice. But you will have to pay us for any food you consume. Very well. There is twenty francs. A hundred thousand francs, monsieur. A hundred thousand what? If you'd rather not eat. How much for a crust of bread? A hundred thousand francs. You are bandits. Do you expect me to carry that kind of money with me? If you sign a draft slip for us, we can take it directly from your bank account. Sign here. Fine, take your money. How can this be happening to me? Jacopo, what information did you find on the death of Villefort's father, Monsieur Noirtier? Here is a copy of the police report Monsieur Villefort wrote himself. Your suggested bribe allowed me to procure it quite easily. The report says that Monsieur Noirtier and another man named Kesnel killed each other in an honorable duel. Oh, and uh, some random name was written in red ink. Haiti. Villefort sent me to prison to cover up his father's treasonous actions. If his father continued to threaten Villefort's ambitions... I see. You think Monsieur Villefort killed his father? Whether he did or not, it seems plausible, doesn't it? You wouldn't falsely accuse Monsieur Villefort of murder, would you? Uh, Monsieur Count... Uh... Try to find out who Haiti is. But what if we find out Monsieur Villefort is innocent? Jacopo. A letter for you, Monsieur Count. Hmm. This is to notify us that the Baron Danglars is missing. How inconvenient for him. I demand you let me out. I must have been here for months. You have all my money. Not all, but perhaps you are hungry today. You have a visitor, should I admit him? Visitor? Tell him to go away. He is here to further torment me. Bonsoir, Danglar. The Count of Monte Cristo, you, you have found me. Show pity, pay my ransom. I, I will recompense you as soon as I can. I am not the Count of Monte Cristo. My name is Edmond Dantes.
No. How do you know that name? Who are you? You cannot be! Edmond? When you give these men the last of your money that was gained through criminal and evil means, then and only then will you be set at liberty. God is punishing me. He's leaving me with nothing for what I did to Edmond and that little girl, Haiti. Will I ever be relieved of this burden? Haiti? Who is Haiti? No. No, I, I should not have said that. Tell me who Haiti is, or you will rot in this cell until you are mad. I heard her father yell her name. She, she saw us. Saw whom? Fernand and I. She saw us kill her father and Monsieur Nautier. Are you willing to put that into writing? No, please. It was all Villefort's idea. Punish him, not me. Will you sign a confession implicating Villefort and Fernand? And will you set me free? Yes. Then I will set you free. This is the correct address, Jacopo? Yes, I did just what you suggested. I searched the city records for Haiti Kesler. She works here, at this orphanage. The same orphanage that raised her after her father's death. Will you ring the bell, Jacopo? Yes? We are here to see Haiti Kesnel, sister. Of course. She's expecting you. You do realize she does not speak? No. Is she ill? Not physically. She experienced something traumatic when she was just seven years old. She has not spoken since. Sister Haiti, some gentlemen are here to see you. Good morning, sister. She writes, Good morning. Please be brief, Count. Very well. May I ask what happened when you were seven years old? I can barely read what she has written. Uh, no. Leave here immediately. This is very important. The men who killed your father can be brought to justice. Please reconsider. She writes, get out. Thank you for your time, sister. I'm sorry to see you leave without the information you seek. We must simply hope that justice will prevail without it. I had hoped you would lift the burden on her heart. I will continue to pray for peace. For all of you. Don't bother, sister. God shall not trick me into being at peace. <gasps> oh, Count, how kind of you to drop by my office. I have urgent business to discuss with you, Magistrate de Villefort. Please, have a seat. I have intercepted a letter, monsieur. A letter? Do not ask me how I intercepted it. I have my means. Baron Danglar has left the country, and he sent this letter to your superiors from abroad. What does the letter contain? In this letter, he accuses you of hiring Fernand Mondego and himself to assassinate your father. <laughs> how completely ridiculous! Does he have any proof to bolster his claim? He mentions a witness named Haiti Kesnel. Preposterous! What kind of joke is Danglar playing? Are we friends, Gerard? Well, I'm not a very social man, Count, but uh, yes, we, we are friends. I have corresponded with Haiti Kesnel, and she confirmed all that Danglars wrote in this letter, except your own involvement. Baron Danglars and Count Mondego murdered my father? But why? According to Danglars, because you offered them a large amount of money and a false execution certificate for Edmond Dantes. Who? Edmond Dantes. This story is too fantastic to believe. The only piece of evidence that implicates you in this wrongdoing is here in my hand. That letter would never hold up in court. Perhaps, but Gerard, we don't want to take that risk, do we? What do you mean? 
I can burn the letter right now. Just say the word. Burn evidence? Burn the only evidence of your guilt. Why, uh, why would you do that for me? A favor from one friend to another. Of course, I may want something in return. Yes? You want this letter burned? Danglar is a fool. I will give you whatever sum you require. I plan my father's murder too carefully for Danglar to foul it up now. There. The letter is destroyed. And now for my payment. I will write the draft slip immediately. How much? I don't want your money, Villefort. I want you, shivering with terror in your own courtroom, convicted by your peers, sentenced to a life without the light of day. Villefort, I am Edmond Dantes. <gasps> you! Did you hear all that, officers? We were listening at the door, just like you asked. We heard everything. Do you have Danglar's original letter? Yes, sir. Magistrate, I must place you under arrest. You would place me in shackles! I am the king's attorney! No one is above the law, monsieur. All rise for the judge. A new witness has come forward. She cannot speak, and therefore I will read aloud her sworn testimony. <clears throat> Fifteen years ago, I witnessed the murder of a man named Noirtier. The two men involved called each other Danglars and Fernand Mondego. Fernand Mondego shot Noirtier in the chest. Before Noirtier died, he asked Mondego why he shot him, and Mondego replied, and she quotes, Ask your son Gerard de Villefort. She continues as follows, My father, General Kesnel, witnessed the murder, and when the two men noticed his presence, shot him as well. I ran and barely escaped with my life. I was only seven years old. The testimony is signed, Hady Kesner. Based upon this new testimony and the other evidence submitted, I hereby charge Gerard de Villefort with conspiracy to commit murder. You will be held in the Paris jail until such a time as you can be placed on trial. I also issue warrants for the arrest of Baron Danglars and Count Fernand Mondego. What? My father has done nothing wrong! Sit down, Albert, please. Albert, why isn't your father here today? He might as well have admitted his own guilt. This is all your fault, Count! You falsely accused my father! I will have order in this courtroom! My family's honor demands that I challenge you to a duel, Count of Monte Cristo. No, Albert! You are acting too rashly. Tomorrow at noon, your honor compels you to accept. Very well. Tomorrow at noon. What are you doing, Monsieur Count? Fernand Mondego will suffer. How could he suffer more than by the death of his own son? Open the door, please! What do you want, Countess Mondego? You cannot kill my son! He publicly challenged me to a duel. How can I possibly withdraw? Why are you doing this, Edmond? I... What did you call me? Your name. <clears throat> you have made a mistake. I am the Count of Monte Cristo. Did you really think you could fool me, Edmond? Ever since Albert introduced you at the dinner party, I knew you. Edmond Dantes died in prison. The Chateau d'If drained the life out of him for 14 years. Fernand Mondego, your husband, put him there. He falsely accused me of treason, Mercedes, so he could steal you from me. I will have my revenge. I will kill his son. My son! I have forsaken all remorse and all pity as I have forsaken God. But he has not forsaken you. Edmond, as long as you are controlled by hate, you are still in a prison. Get out of here, unfaithful woman. How dare you marry the man who betrayed me? Forgive me! I am on my knees, Edmond! I didn't know! I thought you were dead! I loved you! 
I love you still. If you love me, do not kill my son. No, I will not kill him. I will let him live to take my life. What reason do I have to live? Trust in God, Edmund. He is your reason to live. Why did God betray me? He never betrayed you. He helped you find your freedom. You have a full and wonderful life just waiting for Please. you to- Please, leave Mercedes. It is too late for me. They are here. Give me my pistol, Jacopo, but don't load it. You don't have to go through with this. Yes, I do. Give me the gun. Albert has asked me to act as his second. Very good, Fernand. Jacopo will act as mine. You will each be given two shots. The first shot from 60 paces, and the second from 30 paces. My son will shoot first, since he is the offended party. I am aware of the rules. Let's get this over with. Count off 60 paces. Wait! Albert, you don't have to do this. Would you have our family's honor blemish, Mother? Albert, you don't understand what your father is capable of. Fifteen years ago, he sent an innocent man to prison simply to marry his fiancée. Mercedes, what are you talking about? This man you know as Count of Monte Cristo is actually Edmond Dantes. He suffered fourteen years in prison for a crime he did not commit. All because of your father. This is... you or Edmond Dantes? Is this true, Father? What have you done? Give me that pistol, Albert. Edmond Dantes, shall I never be rid of you? The gun I'm holding is not loaded, Fernand. I never meant to kill your son. There, I've thrown it away. I should have killed you 15 years ago. Edmond! Mercedes! Stupid woman! Why did you jump in front of him? I couldn't let him kill you, Edmond. Jacopo, help her, please! How long have you been planning your revenge, Edmond? All those 14 years? Just to be skewered on the point of my sword. Stop, Fernand! We can still save Mercedes! Aren't I generous, Edmond? The two of you will be reunited at last! In death! I thought you were my friend, Fernand! Why did you betray me? Did I need a reason? You had everything, Edmond, and I had nothing! You sent me to a living hell for 14 years! And you survived! Pity! Is this how God has avenged you, Edmond? God will give me justice! Pathetic! Will you never give up? Never! You disarmed me? You no longer have a weapon, Fernand. Do you yield? End it, Dantes. Take my life. You have won. Your vengeance is complete. Fernand, I have cherished this moment deep in my mind's eye. I have relished it, fiercely desired it. But now that I am here, you are only a weakling to be pitied. I can't forgive you. Not yet. But maybe someday God will show me how. Get up and leave before I change my mind. Monsieur Dantes, Mercedes will live. Did you hear that? 
It seems God has granted us both mercy today, Fernand. Are you so trusting, Edmond, to turn your back on me? Edmond! behind you! <sighs> Jacopo? Now I have repaid you, Monsieur Dantes, Father? for saving my life. Father! I'm sorry, Albert. I had to shoot him. It was the only way to stop him from stabbing Monsieur Dantes in the back. Thank you, Jacopo. I tried to convince him not to go, Mercedes. I know, Edmond. Albert values honor above all else. Somehow he hopes to revive the honor of our family through service to his country. But he is so young. He will have to spend several years in military school before actually joining the army. He will be in my prayers, Mercedes. Yes. Do you think we will ever be able to mend the pieces of our happiness? What do you mean, Edmond? Fifteen years ago, I was engaged to a beautiful woman. My heart belongs to her still. God can mend a broken heart, Edmond. I have full confidence that he can mend a broken life as well. I have wasted so much of my fortune on revenge. For an instant, I thought myself equal to God. I thought I could exact punishment as he does. But now I acknowledge that God alone possesses supreme power and infinite wisdom. Has God brought you justice, Edmond? Has he avenged you? No. God's justice is for a later time. Will you ever be able to forgive? Forgiveness is a journey. I have only taken the first step. But for now, God has given me something else. What is that? Hope. God has taught me to wait and hope. Lifehouse Theatre on the Air presents Theatre of the Imagination. Collect all of the exciting episodes of the Lifehouse Library and visit our website at lifehousetheatre.com. Lifehouse Theatre on the Air invites you to explore a world of wonder, adventure, suspense, and comedy as we present timeless tales and classic stories drawn from true life events, history, literature, biblical stories, and biography. Lifehouse Theatre on the air at lifehousetheatre.com. All right, and that was The Count of Monte Cristo, part two of two by Lifehouse Theatre on the air. Um, yeah, classic story of revenge and redemption and not redemption all in one. Um, yeah, check out more at theatreontheair.com and uh, link up at radiodomrevival.com if you have trouble finding that. Um, yeah, uh, next week we'll continue. Got some interesting stuff up our sleeve uh, to get you into the holiday spirit. Um, yeah, you know you know how we are around here. Try, try all kinds of different stuff. Um, and if you are short and you want to hear something else, check out our archives, radiodramarevival.com. You can sift through hundreds and hundreds of hours of audio drama programming. Find us on uh, Twitter, at Radio Drama, or Facebook, Radio Drama Revival, or on iTunes, Radio Drama 
Revival, still the most popular way to hear the show. Um, yeah, and that is about it. Uh, Radio Drum Revival is produced by yours truly, Fred Greenhalgh, copyright of individual shows. Remains their original producers, but do please share the show as far and widely as you'd like. Radio Drama Revival originates an on-air radio at WMPG-FM, Southern Maine's Community Radio. It is podcast at radiodramarevival.com's Labor Love. Till next time, keep your mind and your ears open. Thanks for tuning in and have a great week. Mm-hmm.